Good morning, church. Good morning. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Uh, it's, been a, it's been an incredible week, an interesting week in, sort, uh, in some sorts, but it's been a great week. I wanted to tell you all this morning, I came in this morning and was working on getting things ready for the service, and I heard a loud pop, um, and then realized that our front screen no longer works. So, if you would like to know the lyrics of the work for the, the songs we're going to sing, when we stand, you're welcome to turn around and face the back screen. I know it's a little different, but you do what you got to do when things go haywire and when Satan tries to come on the attack on a Sunday morning. And that's exactly what I'm saying that is. He's going to try to attack and he has no dominion here, so we're just going to turn around and face the other direction. If that one goes out, then we'll sing songs we know. It's fine. So this morning, uh, just stand and we're going to worship this morning. We're going to give God praises because he alone is deserving of our praise.
I've got another idea, too. If you don't want to turn around and face the back, I can just call out a song before we sing it, and you can look it up on your cell phone. I noticed some others are doing that. So the next song we're going to do is How Great Thou Art. It's the Paul Balash version. Not that that matters. It's How Great Thou Art. After that, we'll be doing Never Once, a song called Never Once, and then it will be The Blessing. So that should bless your hearts. How Great Thou Art, Never Once, The Blessing. Now... If you're here this morning and you're a visitor, this is not a normal service. It is not normally like this. We usually have the screen up there, so I won't have to call these out for you, and it's not a game of, you know, try to find the song. But we are glad, nevertheless, that you are here visiting with us this morning. I hope you've already felt welcome here. We want you to know that you are loved, and we are honored that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. And if you are here for the first time, our pastor at the end of service is going to be back in the back at a table, and we have a special gift for you. So if you would, take your time after the service, go back and meet our pastor, spend a little time with him, and we'd love to give you a gift. And if you're here for the first time visiting with us online, we know there's a lot of places you could be this morning. So thank you for visiting with us here at Airline Baptist Church. Now we're going to pray, and we're going to continue to worship this morning. Because I don't know about you, but I know I need to take time just to let everything go and worship the Almighty God this morning. Because it's been kind of crazy, this whole, uh, especially with the, as a worship pastor, this whole Christmas season is kind of crazy, where you're going from program to program to program and thinking about so many other things. It's nice sometimes just to be able to not have to think about a lot of anything and just focus solely on God and his goodness and his mercies and how they're everlasting. Let's pray and we'll continue. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for bringing us together as a family, God, a family to worship the almighty creator. God, we love you. We give you honor and glory and praise. God, we thank you, Lord, for the season we just gone, we've just gone through, Father. God, we're praying for this new year that's coming, Lord. God, we pray that it's the greatest year that airline has seen in a long time, Father. God, we pray that you will move in a mighty, mighty way in 2022, Father. God, we pray that you'll send new people. God, we pray to see the waters of baptism stirred as people are saved, Lord, and as people uh, focus solely on you this, this year. God, we pray for the year of service, Lord, that our membership 
would turn outside of these doors, Father, and focus on this community that desperately needs a loving and incredible Savior. God, we pray, Lord, as we continue in this service, Lord, that you will have your will and your way, Father. God, and we pray for Pastor Mike as he gets ready to break open your word, Father, that we won't leave here the same people that we came in as, God, that we'll leave here having been in the presence of the Almighty and heard your word, God, meant for our hearts. God, that we'll be changed forever because of it. God, we praise you. We give you all the honor and glory, and it's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen.
and struggles on the way, but with joy our hearts can say, yes, our hearts can say. Showing you his faithfulness. Give him praise this morning.
want you to think as we're singing this song, it is straight from the Word of God. And believe it or not, this is found in the book of Numbers. You know, the book that everyone looks at and says, I'm not going to spend my time on that, in that book. But in the middle of all the numbers you're reading is this nugget, this blessing for whatever you're going through. You look at your life and you look at the craziness and maybe your life isn't crazy right now, but if it's not right now, I promise you, just because this is the way that Satan works, it will be. We're allowed to ride on the mountain on the mountaintop sometimes, but we're always guaranteed a valley. And it's in those valleys when scripture like this, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you really starts to resonate in your heart. You may be stressed, you may be going through financial woes, you may have family issues. Satan could just have you under a spell of depression. Things could be fine. Or you're putting on a show, making things look like they're fine. When inside, you're just crumbling. Maybe 2021, you've lost somebody that was close to you. The last couple of years, we've all lost somebody to COVID. My wife's lost her grandfather and her grandmother over the last couple of years, and this Christmas was wrenching for her. But in the middle of all that, we have this truth, that if you were a child of God, there are better days coming. It's guaranteed. Guaranteed. I don't care where you've gotten your car fixed, what car you bought, what kind of product you bought, what kind of warranty you have. They say they're guaranteed, but they're not. Eventually it runs out. This is a lifetime guarantee that lasts for eternity. Eternity. Now, we're not promised that here on this earth that, that things will be better, that things will be great, but we are promised a lifetime in heaven with a Savior who gave his life so that we might live. And all we have to do is accept him. The Bible says, if you confess me with mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised me from the dead, you will be saved. So this morning, if you've not had a personal relationship with Christ, if you've never given your life to him, I pray you would this morning before this service is over. He will change you in ways that you could never imagine. You've heard people talk about a peace that surpasses all understanding. That only comes through the Lord Jesus. So as 2022 is coming, this is our last time in 2021 that we get to worship as a family. Sing this song and make it very personal to each of the people around you. This is a blessing that we are singing and praying over the church. This is a blessing we need to sing and pray over one another. To our families, to our children, to their children. 
Look around at the people that you're here with today when we're singing this and sing this blessing over them as we're singing a blessing over you. Let's continue. Here we go. The Lord bless you. Amen with us this morning.
Father God, your word says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So God, we are claiming that in the year 2022, Father. God, we can stand upon the truths of your word. God, it is the ultimate, the only real truth. Father God, we pray, Lord, as we go into the new year, Father, you will bless. God, you will move mightily, Father, we'll grow deeper in you than we ever have been. God, we do pray blessings over every one of these families, Lord. God, in the generations that follow. God, and we pray specifically this morning for this church, God, this church body, Airline Baptist. God, it's not this building, it's not this these grounds, Father, it's those members here, Lord, that come week after week to worship in spirit and in truth. God, we pray that you will prosper this church family this year. God, and God, in this year of service, Lord, God, we pray that you will grow us in your word and grow us in numbers, God, but more than ever, we, we pray, Lord, you'll grow us in our communities, God, as we see impacts made all around us. God, we pray, Lord, as we continue in this service, God, that you use Pastor Mike in a mighty way this morning, Lord. God, pour out your spirit on him. God, let him speak with boldness this morning, God, the words that we need to hear, God. Give him a freedom like he hasn't felt in ever, Father. God, to speak truth, God. Your word says it cuts like a two-edged sword. Let it do that this morning, Father. God, we pray. Just change us. Don't let us leave here the same as what we came. God, we love you. We give you praise. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. All God's people said amen. So good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Happy day after Christmas. Um, it's behind us now, mostly for the most part. Some of us still have some celebrations yet to be a part of. As Pastor Matt said earlier, if you're a guest here for the very first time today, you're a very special and welcome guest. There is a connect card inside your worship guide that you should have received today. If you'll do us the kindness, everyone of completing that, if you're a regular member or attender, just put your name on that, and our gentleman will be at the doors on your way out. You can drop that in there with your prayer request, your tithes, your offerings. They'll be at the doors to receive that afterwards. And I'm honored to have a hero in the building today. I don't use the word hero lightly, but I mean it when I say it. And some of you have known this gentleman many more years than I have. But in the short time I've known him, and Brother Clack, I haven't even got to be around you a lot, but I have such respect and appreciation and admiration for Brother Clack's stuff. Make Brother Clack feel welcome back to Airline today. Amen. Served as the interim pastor here for a season and a faithful pastor in other churches in our community and a true hero of the faith. And he's sitting beside another one, Brother Doyle Conley, as well. Take your copy of God's Word, if you will, and turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 2. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 2. Well, I started sitting down when I was getting over COVID, and now I've got this stupid boot on my foot. I said, God, I guess I'm just supposed to sit down and preach, so I'll do, do what I have to do. So many months, literally, of preparation for Christmas. So many months went into planning what happened in many places yesterday. Stores started putting out Christmas decorations and Christmas cards and stuff in September and October. 
In fact, we were out last week. There's already Valentine's Day stuff out. But all the preparation, all the decorations, we can't decorate our house in one day. And, you know, now that the kids are out of the house, and quite frankly, they didn't like to help anyway, so it takes me a while to do all of that. And all the preparation and planning for your meals and wrapping gifts and all of that. And it seems like just like that, for the most part, it's behind us. Some of us have more celebrations to go. We'll be going to have Christmas with my brother-in-law, my, my wife's brother and his wife, and uh, my nephew uh, next week. And some of you will remember last Christmas, we thought, surely this is the last Christmas we're ever going to have to deal with this COVID plague. And you will remember my daughter-in-law had COVID last Christmas, and she was pregnant with our son-in-law, so we didn't get to have Christmas with them. Really excited about this Christmas and the first Christmas with the grandson. And my son came down with COVID this year. So once again, we'll be having Christmas a little bit late. And I'm not the only one. Several of you have told me that you've had to postpone Christmas celebrations. And as my mother told me, Mike, we're going to have Christmas. It's just going to be at a different time. So maybe your tree's still up. Maybe like mine, there's still a lot of presents up under that tree. Or maybe your tree is empty and everybody's gone back home or they're going back home today. Christmas is behind us. What happens after Christmas. What happens after Christmas? Well, you and I know as a child of God, we ought to celebrate Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us every day of our lives, because for the child of God, Christmas is much more than presents and family get-togethers and musicals and gifts and all of those things. So I don't know how that went for you this week. Maybe you had a grand and glorious celebration. Maybe it was just a quiet celebration. But I hope that Jesus was the center of your Christmas celebration. Although it was just me and my bride, yesterday Christmas morning, we still pulled out the Word of God and read the Christmas story before we opened gifts to remind us that God so loved the world that He gave. He gave the very best. He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him wouldn't perish but have everlasting and eternal life. And I would submit to you that all across planet Earth yesterday, there are many people that celebrated Christmas with no real thought of what it's all about. Can you imagine going to a birthday party, and you know who the, whose birthday it is, you know who the guest of honor is, but nobody ever mentions his name, nobody ever gives him a gift, nobody ever talks about him. It's all about family and presents and everything else. That's the reality of what many Christmas celebrations were like around the world yesterday. In fact, I heard one preacher say years ago that he was out shopping and he heard a lady complaining. There's just no good Christmas cards. They're all boring. What does Jesus have to do with Christmas anyway? The world just does not get it. So it's up to us to tell them what it's all about. For so many people, the birth of Jesus is a little more than the story of Santa Claus or the Grinch that, that stole Christmas. I want us to go back in our memory. Well, we, weren't, we don't remember it. We weren't there then, uh, Brother um, Clack would tell me Brother Doyle was. He told me Doyle was 100 and something years old this morning, but that's not true. We know that's not true. But 2,000 years ago to that first Christmas with Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, and I also want you to think with me the two years after that, about a two-year period after that. I wonder if after that first Christmas morning when the Virgin Mary gave birth in a nasty cattle stall, if they thought, finally, our lives can get back to normal now. A friend of mine messaged me this morning and said, thank the Lord, Christmas is over. Now, he's a believer, and he was joking, but he has four little children, so I'm sure he is exhausted. The oldest one is about eight. But for Mary and Joseph, their life wasn't about to get back to normal. I mean, it had been treacherous. How many of you have had children and grandchildren? Traveling with a pregnant woman can be difficult in an automobile or on an airplane. 
But they had to travel with her nine months pregnant to the town of Bethlehem. As we read that yesterday, I confess, I stopped reading and said, thank you, Lord. I didn't have to go back to Court Hill, to my hometown, to celebrate Christmas this year. But they had to go back to their home, hometown for, for Joseph. She was nine months pregnant. Was it on a donkey? That's what most pictures portray. Did he push her in a cart, or did she have to walk? I don't know how it happened. I know what the pictures show, but nobody really knows. But we do know this much. It was difficult. And when they got to Bethlehem on what was probably the busiest day of the whole year, Joseph couldn't do what I do. I make reservations in advance for a hotel when I know I'm traveling. I go online and I make them and I you know, try to raise up these travel points that some of you do. Joseph couldn't do that. He had to travel with a nine-month pregnant wife and he gets there and she's about to give birth and there's not even a hotel room for them anywhere. And we know they were just common, ordinary people. Because here's the reality, even today, rich people can get stuff the rest of us can't get. Had he been rich and influential, he could have paid somebody to give up their room for Jesus to be born in that room. So he couldn't do any of that. It was a treacherous time for them. So then she had to give birth after all of that in a nasty, smelly cattle stall. So they're like, is life ever going to get back to, to normal for us? The king of all kings and the Lord of all lords born in a nasty cattle stall. The first birth announcement ever was not fancy and engraved. It was spoken by an angel, which to me, that's even more cool and more fancy, to common ordinary shepherds, not rich, influential people. And while most nativity scenes, including the one, the beautiful one we have in our foyer, shows the wise men at the manger, you know, biblically, that's not correct. The wise men did come to visit baby Jesus. And I want you to think with me what happens after Christmas as we look at Matthew's gospel, chapter number two. If you're physically able, would you rise and let's give honor and reverence to the reading of God's word. We'll begin in verse number one, <clears throat> Matthew chapter two and verse one. Very familiar passage of scripture. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. He was a bad dude. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. And they really had come to worship him. Verse 3, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, the prophet Micah, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Verse 7 says, Then a wicked king Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. He summoned them to come back and tell him some more. He learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. He didn't say the infant or the baby, the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. As the young people say, lie again. He was telling them he didn't want to worship him. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they'd seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they'd studied about it, they studied prophecy. Some say it's a prophecy from the book of Numbers. When they saw the star, they bowed down and worshiped him. They saw the star. They were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Lord Jesus, May we never get over the wonder of 
Emmanuel, God with us. We're so thankful that the sovereign God of the universe who doesn't need anything, who has need of nothing, chose to come to this earth in the form of an innocent little baby to live a perfect life for 33 years, to willingly lay down his life on that Good Friday and to resurrect himself by his own power on that first Easter so that common, ordinary people like me and like everyone under the sound of my voice can have a relationship with the God of the universe and experience him as their Emmanuel as well. Speak to our hearts today, Lord Jesus. A very familiar passage, but I pray you'll speak to our hearts afresh and anew. You'll challenge us. You'll motivate us to be more like Jesus. You'll challenge us and motivate us to serve our community and to take the good news of the gospel to our community and around the world in 2022. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. You can be seated. Pastor Matt alluded to several times in the, in the worship time that we're calling 2022 the year of serve at Airline Baptist Church. 2021 was the year of grow with the focus on discipleship, and 2022 will be the year of service. So we'll tell you more about that in the days ahead. Write this down, if you will, with me. Number one, a genuine encounter with Jesus leads to extravagant worship. A genuine encounter with Jesus leads to extravagant worship. It's not on the screen here, but it's back there if you don't understand me talking too fast. These wise men came from a long way off, probably Persia or, or Babylonia. The Greek word that we translate wise men was magi. They were probably astrologers. They probably studied the stars. Now, they weren't studying the stars to foretell the future as so astrologists today do, or what do they call astrologists, people who think they can read the future? We don't turn to Dion Warwick, but we turn to the very one who made the stars. You've got to be old enough to know what I mean when I say Dion Warwick, who was advertised for the Psychic Network. But they saw the manifestation of God's glory in the sky. Some people say it was the prophecy in Numbers 24, 17 about a star that was going to arise. Whether it was that prophecy that led them to look to the skies or just the supernatural manifestation of God speaking to their heart that now, now Messiah is coming. Look for that star and follow the star. And when you find him, worship him. Now, Scripture doesn't tell us how many wise men there were. We usually see three. We sing the song, We Three Kings of Orient Are, and we say, you usually say three because we know they gave him at least three different gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Did you know that early church history, the, the early church history's oral tradition was there were 12 wise men? Well, it really doesn't matter to me whether there was 12 or 3, but what did they do? They were motivated to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit of God and the Scripture of God, the manifestation of God's glory in the sky. They were motivated to travel for perhaps up to two years to find this baby that had been born to be our Savior. They went to, they went to Jerusalem to find him. Well, if you're looking for a king, you're looking for a newborn king, where would you go to look for a king? I'm going to take a drink of water and give you a chance to answer that. Where would you go if you were looking for a king? You'd go to the capital. So they went to Jerusalem. They went to the king. They went to King Herod. Now, you know Herod was not Jewish, but he was placed there by the Romans to have rule over the Jewish people. And when wicked Herod learned that the Scriptures foretold Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, he was deeply troubled. 
You see the difference in reaction? When he heard Messiah was born, he was deeply troubled. When the wise men, the magi, heard Messiah was born, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, the Scripture says. And so he wanted them to tell him where Jesus was, so he claimed he could go and worship him. So as the magi, and we know that's not what he wanted to do, he was threatened by another king. He didn't understand the kind of king that Jesus was going to be. So as they followed that star for perhaps up to two years, it stopped over the house in Bethlehem where the little boy was. I believe Jesus was probably a toddler by this time. He was probably a little boy because the scripture uses the word translated child. They knew the king was worth the journey. They knew the king was worth two years, whatever inconvenience it took, if they couldn't find a room, whatever it took, not knowing they couldn't pull through the drive-thru at McDonald's and get something to eat. They knew whatever it took, they had to see and to worship this newborn king because they knew he was worth it. For he alone is worthy, we sing at Christmas time. How big of a deal is worship to you? How big of a deal is corporate worship to you? We say corporate worship because the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, that we're not to forsake the corporate assembling of ourselves together. Now, some people say, well, you know, well, I, I just was, I, we did too much at Christmas and I didn't feel like getting up to come. Or, you know, the baby has a cold, so all five of us have to stay home to wipe the baby's nose. I don't minimize that because my grandson's home with a cold today. But when they went to great lengths to worship Jesus with extravagance, many times in our culture, we look for any excuse not to come. So I ask, how much are you willing to inconvenience yourself to come and be a part of corporate worship? Now, Herod was deeply distressed by this news, but the wise men could not contain their joy. Now, we all worship in different ways, right? Some of us are more expressive than others. Some of us are more quiet. You know, uh, Pastor Matt is very expressive, and I appreciate that. And I've even had some people say, we just don't like the way he's so expressive. Well, it's not about you. He's not worshiping you. He's worshiping him. If the Holy Spirit tells you to lift your hands and worship, you just lift your hands and worship. If the Holy Spirit says you stand quietly, you stand quietly. Pastor Andrew was at an FCA camp just last week you were telling us about, and they sang a new song that they had written, and he said his eyes were closed in worship. When he opened his eyes, what did you tell us? Like a hundred young people were on their knees in worship, completely unprompted, but the Holy Spirit of God compelled these young people to fall to their knees in worship. So let's recognize we worship in different ways. I don't expect you to worship like me, and you don't expect me to worship like you or like, or like Pastor Matt. My pastor of many, many years ago, Brother Rastus Salter, if he did this, if he did his fingers together, we knew he was fired up. But I knew he loved Jesus, and I knew he was worshiping, or if he tapped his foot, we knew a preacher was fired up at that time. So we don't judge each other, but the Magi, they wanted to display extravagant worship. They went down and they humbled themselves. That's when we bow down, we're acknowledging, I'm not worthy. I acknowledge that I'm bowing before one greater than me. And they presented to him extravagant gifts. Jesus changes everything. They didn't just bring him common, ordinary gifts, but expensive gifts. Did you know in the Old Testament culture, if you were going to come before the king, you didn't come without a gift? If you wanted an audience with the king, you needed to come with a gift. So maybe they were following that cultural tradition, but I choose to believe it's much more than that. They knew that the long-awaited promised Messiah, the one who would fulfill all of the prophecies of the Old Testament, had been born. So they brought in extravagant gifts of worship. And I love God's economy. You know, some people have more than others. Some people have less than others. But I love God's economy when God says we're to worship him with the tithe. The Bible says the tithe is the Lord. 
Lord's, and the tithe is holy unto the Lord. What is the tithe? The tithe is just 10%. So whether, I'm, whether we're rich, whether we're poor, whether we have little, whether we have a lot, it's not equal gifts, but it's equal sacrifice. They worshiped him with extravagance, with gifts that were fit for a king. Now, you know what? They could have gotten there and been disappointed. It's just a little, little toddler. You know, they're expecting a king, and it's just a little time. That didn't change them at all. They knew who they were coming to worship. Now, remember, you had to have a, a gift. So they went, and they gave him these things. They worshiped him, and they went on their way. At this moment, things took a dramatic turn for the worse, you may say. After the first Christmas, when maybe Mary and Joseph thought their life could get on as normal with their little boy, things took a turn for the worse. Look at chapter 2, verse 13. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. And they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Well, number one, a genuine encounter with Jesus leads to extravagant worship. Number two, write this down. Where God guides, he provides. Where God guides, he provides as we obey him, as we respond in obedience. So we got to beware of following the crowd. We got to beware of doing what everybody else does. How many of you had a parent tell you when you were a child, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? Any of you hear that? from your parent growing up. I think I've said that to my children as they were growing up. We don't follow the crowd. We follow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God. So in this dream, the angel tells Joseph to flee to Egypt because Herod's going to try to kill little Jesus. Now, going to Egypt was not totally out of the ordinary because you'll remember in the Old Testament the Jews were held captive there and history tells us there were still some Jewish settlements there in Egypt so I believe they probably went and they hung out with some of their other people there the, the settlements that began during captivity so they were obedient to God Joseph was obedient to God remember they were a poor couple they couldn't afford a room they didn't have any means they just gave birth to a baby in a cattle stall how in the world did they afford a journey to Egypt I don't know, perhaps God used those extravagant gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Perhaps God used those gifts to provide for them. Joseph couldn't go to the ATM and swipe his card and get cash out. He couldn't use a credit card to put it off and pay for it later. You also notice when God spoke, Joseph didn't argue with God. Now, wait a minute. When I've been traveling when the lady's nine months pregnant, now we got a toddler, we got a little boy that's hard to keep. Now, Jesus never sinned, but he was 100% man and 100% God, yet he's without sin. So I believe he was probably a rambunctious little boy, not a sinful little boy, but just like little boys are. And Joseph could have said, we got a toddler. Can we just wait for him to get a little bit older? No. The Lord said, go. And Joseph responded immediately. He did not argue with God. It may not be popular. It may go against the grain. It may go against what all the rest of the crowd is talking about. But he followed God that night. It says he got up that night and got Mary and Jesus, and they took off. Look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. Herod was furious, he was a wicked king, when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. That's why I say Jesus was probably a toddler, probably around two years old. So just to be sure, he had no competition for what he thought was going to be another political king like him. He wanted to wipe out all the little boys. Verse 17. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel 
Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. We've read this our whole life, some of us. But ponder that for a few minutes. Murdering innocent children. Can you imagine a society that would murder innocent children? We don't have to imagine too hard in our country, sadly, do we? Mary, Joseph, and Jesus left at just the right time. God was using the land that once kept the Jewish people in captivity now to protect the long-awaited Messiah to make sure that the plan of redemption could unfold for you and I. Herod was a tyrannical madman, controlled by wicked spirits, probably demonic spirits. Caesar Augustus was quoted as saying that you'd be better off to be a pig in Herod's household than to be a member of Herod's family. I mean, Herod had members of his own family killed. Pigs were protected under law, but Herod's family was not protected. The babies were not protected. You'd be better off in America today to be a snail darter or a spotted owl or some kind of protected forest than to be an innocent child in a mother's womb. So we don't have to stretch our imaginations far to understand this. Herod had already killed two of his wives, including his favorite wife. That's a problem. Multiple wives goes against God's plan. He killed his favorite wife because he accused her of adultery, and it wasn't even true, but he had her killed without proof. He had his 18-year-old brother-in-law murdered because people said, we like him better than we like Herod. So it's not a stretch to think that this man who would kill his own family, he didn't bat an eye to order the murder of all the babies two years of age and younger. God was still working out his plan. That's number three. Write this down. God is working out his perfect plan even when we don't see it. God is working out his perfect plan even when we don't see it. If you're in a valley right now and you can't see a way out, you don't know what 2022 is going to look like. What's it going to look like for your family? What's it going to look like for our church? What's it going to look like for our country? God is still on the throne. He's not wringing his hands. He's not fretting. He's working out his perfect plan even when you and I cannot see it. Look at verse 19. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. Instant obedience when God spoke. Verse 22. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea, Judea was Herod's son Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He'll be called a Nazarene. Herod's filthy hands were stained with the blood of his own family members. Herod's filthy, demonic hands were stained with the blood of baby boys. But even powerful King Herod could not stop the unfolding of the redemption plan of God that made it possible for a nobody like me and people like us to know God in a real and a personal way. God's, you can't thwart God's plan. You may look at it and see no way out. You can't thwart God's plan for the Messiah. God's plan for your life cannot be thwarted. God's plan for your family, God's plan for this church, God's plan cannot be thwarted. When we look to him and we respond in obedience, you can lay your head on your pillow at night without a prescription and without fretting because you know God is still in control. Herod mistakenly thought that this Jesus was coming to take his throne. There are people in our culture today who think 
Maybe because they've watched some of this buffoonery on religious television, they think that Jesus has come to take their money or to take something from them. Herod thought Jesus came to take his throne. Jesus came to give, for God so loved the world that he gave. Herod, Herod's throne was not in jeopardy from Jesus. What Jesus wanted was to have control of Herod's heart and his life. He wanted to give him abundant life, eternal life and abundant life. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what he wants to give you. And when he's got my heart, then he's got the rest of me. But he's got to have my heart first. So as God works out his perfect plan, the safest place for me to be and for you to be is in the center of God's will. I'm not going to follow the crowd. I'm not going to follow the negative naysayers. I'm not going to be moved by popular opinion, but we're going to listen to the voice of truth. We're going to listen to the word of God, and we're going to trust him every step of the way. Emotions might make us want to run after the next shiny and safe thing, but God says, listen to me. God says, trust me. I've given you all you need to know pertaining to life and godliness in the 66 infallible love letters that we call the word of God. We listen to the voice of truth and it may go against popular opinion. It may go against what other people say. So the wise men followed a star and it led them to the manger and baby Jesus. That took intentional time, effort, and resources. If we're going to be have the year of serve at Airline Baptist Church this year, you know what it's going to cost us? time, talent, and resources. It's going to take all of us locking our arms together, maybe not always 100% in agreement, but God has called us to impact our community. We're going to touch this community and this nation with the Word of God. It's the mandate. It's the Great Commission. It's why He came. It's why I'm still here and you're still here. If God was done with you, He'd take you to heaven. But the fact that your heart is still beating and we still got breath in our lungs means God still has something, Christian, for you to do. God still has something for me to to do. So we're putting together a community impact team made up of members of Airline Baptist Church to, to pray and to strategize and give us a plan for how we're going to touch this community in the coming year. But I'm telling you up front, it's going to cost some time. It may cost you a little bit of inconvenience, but you know what it's going to reap? eternal dividends. When we obey the Lord, God never asked of me anything. He's not already blessed me 10,000 times more with eternal life and abundant life. So Joseph followed the angel's instructions in a dream and escaped to Egypt. The wise men followed God's instructions in a dream. They escaped Herod's wrath. Later, Joseph followed those instructions and he went to Nazareth. Nazareth was a small, insignificant city in southern Galilee. It was near a major crossroads, a major trade route. It was a perfect city for news to spread all over the world, for Jesus to grow up. We don't know a lot about Jesus' life between the time he was a toddler and when his ministry began at the age of 30. But remember, he was sinless. The people had to be talking about this little boy Jesus who never sinned. The people had to be talking about the teenager Jesus, which we do see. The teenager Jesus went to the temple and he taught even the religious leaders there. So Nazareth was a great place for that to spread. But Nazareth was not the most famous, not the most loved city of Jewish people. It was the Roman garrison. The Roman garrison in charge of Galilee was stationed there in Nazareth, making it a city really despised by a lot of the Jewish people. That may be why Nathaniel said in John chapter 1 and verse 46, can anything good come from Nazareth? Well, the answer is, of course, yes. Whatever road you take in life, whatever path you take in life, God will take the lead. And when we follow him, where God guides, he provides. Where God leads, he feeds. When God is giving you a plan to do something, no weapon, he quoted earlier from Isaiah, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Your direction in life determines your destination. 
whatever direction you're leaned towards. Who are the people that you're listening to? Are you listening to the negative naysayers on network news? That's going to mess up the direction in your life. Are you listening to, to naysayers and negative people? Are you listening to people who are filled with the Holy Spirit of God and want to obey the Word of God? My direction, whichever way I lean, is going to help determine my destination and where I'm going. I want to hear from Holy God. I want to hear from the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And we know, we just saw this, Christians aren't exempt from trouble. It's not always easy when you do what God's told you to do. Sometimes the easier choice may be to go and do something else. But when God says, dig in and trust me, God's going to do exceedingly great and abundant things that we cannot even ask or imagine. Christians, we're not promised the absence of trouble. We're promised the presence of Jesus. He will be with you even as you go through the fire, that song that Mandy and our choir sings here. So the wise men had to avoid the wrath of Herod. Mary and Joseph had to flee for their life with baby Jesus. Innocent babies were killed by a murderous king. As we, as we follow God's leadership at Airline Baptist Church, through every problem and situation, God's going to provide a way. God's going to provide the way. He's going to give us the strength when you need it the most. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who survived COVID. His father survived. His dad, he was told his dad would probably die. They put him on hospice. His dad would never eat again. They were just giving him comfort, sustenance through IV. He called me the other day and said, Mike, thanks for praying for my daddy. He's eating solid food now. The doctors gave up all hope. He said, thank you for praying in North Georgia. He said, but you know what? Even Mike, I'm praising God, but yesterday, Christmas Eve, he said, I just had the mully grubs. You know what the mully grubs are? Sometimes you got the devil just, just whispering in your ear. Sometimes he uses other people to do that, and we just get down. Why? We're listening to the wrong voices rather than the voice of truth. Well, I was having one of those days recently. I was having one of those days recently when I'd heard what a horrible person I am over and over and over again. And Miss Julia Perkle, who was the, the widow of Pastor Perkle, who pastored this church for so many years, such a godly woman, she said, Mike, I don't know what's going on in your life. All I know is I can't shake the compulsion to pray for you. Something is happening, and I want you to know I'm just praying for you. Man, I could have walked, I could have walked on water at that point, knowing that the Spirit of God spoke to a godly woman like Miss Julia Perkle and said, pray for that man. He needs it right now. And I wish I could tell you it never happened again, but guess what? Had another day this week. I just kind of Heard, was listening to the devil and his lies, I was just kind of down. I go to get the mail, and there's Christmas cards in the mail, which those are sweet and encouraging. But I had a card from Bob and Pat Richmond. And it wasn't just a Christmas card. It was just a kind, encouraging card letting me know that they were praying for me. God knows what you need just when you need it. A lady in our church came up to me before, just before the service started. I didn't get to do what she asked me to do because the service started. She said, Preacher, I can't explain this, but the Holy Spirit of God compelled me to come and tell somebody this, and so I need to do something. She said, I don't know why I'm telling you that. I said, because the Holy Spirit told you to. When, you, when the Spirit of God speaks to us clearly and we obey Him, there's nothing but blessings that come from that. So He comforts us. He's with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And we know Romans 8:28, my spiritual life preserver, that God allows all things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all things to work together for what? good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So when we say at Airline Baptist Church, the best is yet to come, I mean in my bones, the best is yet to come. Because that's what God is showing us. That's what God is telling us. The best is yet to come. So what's God telling you to do? If the best is yet to come, if 2022 is going to be the year of service, it's going to take all of us serving. Perhaps the Lord has spoken to some of your hearts, and he has, and you've responded to step up and say, hey, how can we be used in children's ministry? You know, the Lord just 
moved Pastor Kevin. He asked me to let you know if you didn't get his email. They were going to be here today. We're collecting gifts for Pastor Kevin and Miss Carrie to thank them for 11 faithful years of service. That basket is located right down here. We'll get those to him later on. His little girl has the flu, and they were all in the car with Caroline. And he said yesterday she was finally feeling a little bit better, but they didn't want to come to church and infect other people. When, when he announced that the Lord was moving them, people started saying, what can I do? Can you, I'll, I'll help in the nursery. I'll do this. I'll do that. Maybe God's prompting you to take a part in that. Listen, God gave you spiritual gifts at the moment of your salvation to serve him, not just to talk about what gift you have, but to use it for his glory. So some of you he's prompting to, to, to trust him like Joseph tr trusted him. Some of you he's prompting you to do like the wise men and to give the greatest gift to Jesus you'll ever give. I remember our, our pastor at Prince Avenue Baptist Church in Athens, Brother Bill Ricketts, was the longtime pastor there. Doyle knows him well. He used to say at Christmas time, as we received the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions, he would say, Church, let me challenge you to give your biggest gift to Jesus this Christmas season. And if I'm not mistaken, we're either right at or about to exceed our goal of $5,000 to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions at Airline Baptist Church. Every penny of that offering goes directly to our international missions. Missionaries. None of it stays here. None of it stays in Nashville. It all goes to support missionaries. Let's give our best gift to Jesus, not just at Christmas time, but let's give Jesus our best always. Just as he was in every step of the Christmas story, the Spirit of God is in every step of your life. Whatever you're going through, whatever feelings, however the devil, listen, if the devil whispers in the preacher's ear, I know he whispers in your, your ear also. I'm telling you, God's in control even when the world seems out of control. Look at your conclusion here, number one. Do you give God the extravagant worship he deserves? Do you give God the extravagant worship he deserves? Well, it may not be gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but it may be to trust God with the tithe, the 10%. It may be to give a gift above and beyond to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions. It may be to give of your time and to say, it's time for me to start serving the Lord in a ministry at Airline Baptist Church. Do you give God the extravagant worship he deserves? Number two, which direction is God prompting you to go as we approach a new year? A new year, a time of new beginnings. We're going to get back to our sermon series in 2 Peter as we look at the, the second coming of Christ here in a few weeks from 2 Peter. But next week, I'm going to preach a, a New Year's message from Lamentations that God's mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. I text Pastor Matt a few weeks ago and said, God's given me the most exciting message. I'm so pumped about it. i got to wait until January to preach it. God has great things in store for us. What's your part going to be in that? And then number three, will you trust Him and follow Him? It all starts with a personal relationship. Do you know beyond any doubt, maybe you know about Jesus that was born in a manger in your head, but do you know Him in your heart? Have you ever asked him to forgive you of your sins? Because he's the only one who never sinned. Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. He says if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God resurrected him from the dead, we will be saved. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do you know that beyond any doubt? I can think of no better time, the last Sunday of 2021, to start a brand new year, a fresh and a new, knowing your sins have been forgiven, your past has been redeemed, and God has a brand new future for you. The scripture says today is the day of salvation if you don't know the Lord. Remember I told you that in the Old Testament, if you wanted to have an audience with the king, you had to bring a gift? It was expected you bring a gift or you didn't get to have an audience with the king? When Jesus came and died, 
We go to Jesus not necessarily with the gift, but to receive the greatest gift ever given, the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. Wise men looked to the skies. They saw the star. I believe wise men today still look to the stars because one day he's coming again. He's going to split that eastern sky. The trumpet's going to toot, and I'm going to scoot. I'm going to be out of here in an instant. If you believe Jesus is coming again, let him know you're thankful for that, and you look forward to his second coming. Amen. It ought to fire us up to think about the fact that we could literally be in the fourth quarter. God's given us the two-minute warning. Time is running out, and Jesus is coming soon. If you're a child of God, that ought to make you swell up with thanksgiving. If you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life, and that freaks you out, you hear about what happens in Revelation in that seven-year period of tribulation, you're right for that to frighten you. You're right for that to unsettle you, but you don't have to live in fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind when we accept the gospel. So we ought to praise him for that. Do we believe he's coming again? Are we ready for him to come back again? How will he find you if he comes back today? Will he find you faithfully serving and praising? Will he find you griping and complaining? Will he find you looking to the sky for his imminent return? 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15, we just finished Christmas. Well, we still got some to go, some of us. 2 Corinthians 9 15 says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I've done the best I can to tell you about that gift today, but it's really indescribable that the God of the universe who has need of nothing would leave the glory of heaven to come and put up on this earth for 33 years and be crucified for me. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. If you've never received it, today's the day of salvation. Would you pray with me, church? The best is yet to come for the child of God found out about one of my friends that I grew up and went to church with. His dad was a deacon in my church. Hadn't been sick at all. Brother Sonny Dowell, several weeks ago, laid down to take a nap, and he opened his eyes in eternity. Massive heart attack, just like that. I said, man, if I get to write out my death, I'll take it that way. Just lay down and sleep and wake up in the presence of Jesus. Only a child of God can have that kind of peace. Do you know him? Are you troubled in your spirit when people talk about heaven? Are you troubled in your spirit when we talk about the fact that Jesus is coming again and he's going to rapture believers out of this earth? He's going to remove the Holy Spirit from this earth for seven years of unbelievable tribulation that we can't even imagine? Does that bother you? Maybe today you just need to come and repent and give your heart and your life to Christ. Maybe you say, Pastor, God used the wise men to speak to my heart that I need to worship Jesus extravagantly. I don't need to tip him. I don't need to just show up in church and sit in a pew. I know God's given me spiritual gifts, and I want to be a part of reaching this community in the year of serve. Maybe God's speaking to your heart to do that. Maybe like me, you got family members that are lost, and they're not ready. They don't understand Christmas. It baffles them because they don't know Jesus. While we get excited about the imminent return of the Lord, others are troubled. Maybe you just want to come at this altar and privately pray for that lost family member, that unsaved coworker or neighbor. Maybe you just want to come at this altar and let's pray and ask God to lay out his clear plan for 2022 and the year of serve at Airline Baptist Church. Maybe you're looking for a church that's serious about the gospel. A church that's serious about taking the gospel to Northeast Georgia and the nations. You've come to the right place. If you know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life and you've been scripturally baptized, we invite you to come and move your membership to be with us today.
If you've given your life to Christ and never made that public through believer's baptism, that happens after salvation, come and talk to one of our pastors today about what that means. We'll talk to you about that next step of baptism. God, I thank you that the Christmas story didn't end on December 25th or whenever that happened in real life when Jesus came. But I thank you that for the child of God, the Christmas story is new and fresh every day. I thank you for the reality of lamentations that your mercies are new every morning. We declare with Jeremiah, great is your faithfulness. We ask you to do in our midst today supernatural things that no human can take credit for. Speak to the hearts of people and maybe respond in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. All hearts and minds clear this morning. Everything okay between you and the Lord? If you want to come and pray, you come and pray. If you want to come and pray with a friend, spouse, co-worker, you come and pray. You want one of us to pray with you, we'll be glad to do that. If you need to be saved, that's the most important thing. The Bible says our life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while and then it vanishes, it's gone. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed 2022. I'm not guaranteed 10 minutes from now. Make sure that you're in the hand of Almighty God where nothing can touch you when He holds you. Let's stand together. Let's worship with the praise to me. If everything's okay with you and the Lord, you just worship or just come and pray. If you need to make a spiritual decision, you come. We'd love to help you with that.
Aren't you thankful we don't have to get our act together? God wants me to come just as I am. When he received me, broken, broken home, a broken high school freshman, he received me just like I was. You know, the reality, even old wicked Herod, if he'd have just come to him in repentance, he'd have received him just like he was. You'd be seated for, for just a moment, if you will. Thank you so much for being here today. I'd love to meet you if you're here for the first time in the back corner back there. My wife's in the nursery, so you won't get to meet the best part of the two, so she won't be back there with me, but I'd love to be able to talk to you. Pastor Andrew Fogarty, our incredible worship pastor. I don't have the vocabulary to tell you how thankful I am for Pastor Andrew and all that he means to our church, what he means to me personally, and God has been dealing with his heart for a season. He's going to come and share with you about what God's spoken to his heart. Student pastor, worship pastor, it's all the same, I guess. Hey guys, I just want to share just, uh, just my heart with you guys for a minute. Mine and Sarah's heart together, I guess. And uh, in order to do that, I want to back up a few years to uh, a few years ago when I was sitting in a conference with about 50,000 of my closest friends, uh, a bunch of college students. I was at a conference, it's called Passion Conference. Actually, a lot of our college students will be going there in the next few days. And I sat there and listened to a message about the unfinished work of the church. And from the get-go, there was something different about the message that stuck out to me. And I didn't know what it was, but I, I was locked in the whole time. I felt like out of the 50, 60,000 plus that were in the building, I felt like I was the only one there. And like, I was just kind of like, all right, Louie, get to the point, get to the invitation. Like, I'm, I know what I need to respond with. And, and what it was was to be essentially this flaming arrow being sent out from that conference. And so, so what that was is that this flaming, flaming arrow was shot out, and that's us from the conference and to watch the flame spread as we go out, and that flame ultimately being the gospel. And I knew that something was, was stirring in me within that, and I just could not figure out what it was, and so I spent a lot of time just praying and fasting and reading God's word. And I couldn't think of anything else, but I knew one thing, and that's that God had called me to serve in the local church and to be a pastor, and so that's what I continued to pursue. Um, until, until not long afterwards, I went and visited my brothers who were serving as Marines when they were stationed at uh, Camp Lejeune, uh, North Carolina. I went up there and visited them and something stuck out to me and just a burden was put on my heart. That's before Sarah and I were even married. And I just remember that feeling of just like the, the darkness that was there. I knew that um, I wanted to do something about that. And so over the, over the course of their remaining time in, in service, we would go up there and visit them regularly and try to minister to some of their buddies. And it, and it was successful. Um, but as I continued to serve the local church, I, I was placed here after Sarah and I were married. And I serve, well, I serve, we've served God faithfully here. Uh, we've, we've given our hearts to this place. We've seen so many kids saved. Uh, we've seen discipleship groups uh, bring life to this church. But there's one thing that still wasn't going away. And it was desire to bring light to the darkness to Marines who need it. And other, other men and women service members for that matter. And uh, Sarah and I continued to pray through that and to seek that out. And we sought some wise counsel, some people who have uh, been in our place before. And uh, one thing was becoming clear, and that's to, to just go become a Marine. And so uh, I began an application process to become an officer. And I wish I could say that was easy, but there was a lot of uh, doors that opened in this process that we didn't think were possible. And a lot of doors shut uh, that we didn't think were possible being shut as well. And I can share this with you guys another day, but it's become, it's become obvious that this is the way it's supposed to be. And uh, some doors have opened a little bit sooner than what we had planned originally. Uh, Sarah and I had hoped to be selected for the, the June class of officer candidate school. Uh, but it actually turns out to be January. And so we've been I've been selected to attend beginning January 15th. 
And so for the next few weeks, Sarah and I uh, will continue to uh, fulfill our, our ministry here. Uh, but as we prepare for that, that time, we're, we're not leaving ministry at all. We might not be serving, I might not be serving as a pastor in a local church for a season. Uh, we firmly believe that just as if anyone came forward and said, hey, we're called to be missionaries to Mexico or to Africa or wherever you name it, we feel like this is the exact same calling, just to be light in the darkness. I think uh, Jesus called all of us to do that, and he, and he wired us all specifically for that. And so uh, that's the season that Sarah and I are about to be walking into. And so, so Airline, we just, uh, just want to say thank you. Uh, there's not enough words I could say to thank you. Um, you guys have been home for us the past few years and truly been home. Uh, we live in a community amongst you guys. Uh, we've done ministry alongside of you guys. Uh, we've traveled to Savannah together, some of you seniors in here. Uh, we've traveled all over the place together, and uh, I look forward to what's to come for us, but I truly believe that God has a special uh, plan for this church, and I'm just thankful, Sarah and I both, to have been a part of this uh, for the past few years. And so that's our heart. Our heart is truly just to be light and darkness wherever we go. And as God leads us in the season, we would really appreciate just prayers. Uh, Sarah will be around for the next five or six months until she finishes nursing school. And so uh, if you have any questions on how to minister to us, Exhibit A is right here. Uh, we live right down the road, and she's going to need all the prayer and all the support she can get while we uh, spend some time apart uh, while I begin my initial training. And so, uh, church, just want to thank you again for everything. Uh, we'll be around for the next few weeks, and we'll be around after service. We, have, we can answer any questions uh, you guys may have for us. But, again, thank you guys so much. Where would we be if we didn't know the God we serve is in control? I love this man and his bride. I remember meeting with our youth leaders, you know, when we were in need of a student pastor. Never dreamed it would happen that quickly, did we? Never dreamed it would happen that quickly. God made it so obvious that this was the couple he had to lead our students. And I'm so thankful for the years of faithfulness they have been here. And as he said, we've known this is coming. We've known he's praying about it. But I'm just like, now, Lord, you understand. I don't need this in January. Lord, let it happen in June. Lord, you know this is best for our church. It's best for us. It's best for our students. We get D now and all that. And the Lord said, you don't know everything, Mike. You don't know near as much as you think you do. It's January. So we trust the Lord. I've already reached out to some pastor friends and put out word, people that I knew wouldn't talk about it all over the place, and maybe you have suggestions. Um, I've talked to our youth leaders. I've met with, with Rayburn and, and Ken and Enid and texting with, with Worm the other day. And, you know, none of us, humanly, we don't like it because we want them to go anywhere. But this is a man that I know walks with God. I know this man has sought the Holy Spirit of God. So when he says, God's called me to this, who am I to argue with that? but to trust the Lord. And, and Worm, we were texting the other day, he said, I'm kind of excited by the challenge. So we're all in. I've made myself available. I'll be joining in on some Wednesdays out there. We're already making preparations for Disciple Now. I'll be going to meetings for Disciple Now. We'll be putting together a youth camp here real quick. So we're just going to keep rolling. We're not going to miss a beat. But this couple needs our prayers. I've never had to be apart from my wife for as long as y'all are going to be apart. I don't like sitting in church with her in the nursery. That's just how much I need my wife. They're going to be apart for a long time. So you pray for Andrew and Sarah. We'll minister to her as she is still here. And we're proud of you. You're a hero. 
Anybody who puts their life on the line, willing to put their life on the line for our country, that's the greatest expression of love I can imagine. So we send him out as an arrow from this hill at Airline Baptist Church. So Brother Doyle Connolly, would you come and lead us in a time of prayer for, for Andrew and for Sarah as he steps beyond the open door? You know, they're not just in the Marines going, hey, send us Christians, send us preachers. That's not the way it is. No more than they're saying in some of the closed countries, send us missionaries. But when God says go, you go. And I'm trusting God that he's going to give great fruit through the ministry of Andrew as he goes into the Marines. So, we, Brother Doyle, a faithful pastor for many years and a dear friend, lead us in prayer. Father, we want to thank you for Andrew, for his love for this church and for these young people and how he's proved that and shown it over the time he's been with us. And, Lord, I, as a pastor, have heard that Macedonian call myself from one place to another. And people have asked me, how do you know it's time to go to another church? And the only answer I can give is I know it in my heart and in my spirit. And I'm sure that Andrew knows that too, Lord. So as he goes and his family is separated, Lord, I, I just pray that you'll keep them bound in the spirit even though they may not be in presence, but bound in the Spirit. And help us to minister, Lord, as we can while that is going on. There's some, be some tough days for this Marine coming in the, the next few weeks, Lord, I guarantee you. And we need to pray for him and hold him up, and we'll do that. Lord, thank you for this day of worship, the time we've had to share together in Christ. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. dismissed well, hold on just one second we're gonna we're, uh, I do need to make a couple announcements real quick um, and then we'll go and uh, in reference to what pastor said about praying for June um, Andrew will tell you that uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not as um, spiritual I guess because uh, I told Andrew, I said, I thought he really walked closely with the Lord and listened to the Holy Spirit until this. Now I'm just lost and I have no idea what, what Andrew's doing at all. Um, but in all seriousness, um, I'm so thankful for this man. And not only what he's done in, done in this church, but the impact he's had on my life and the impact that, that what God has done in my life through him. Through him and his love for the discipleship program that we've started here and his his standing up to get the men of this church together and rallying together um, against, against the devil through these discipleship groups. I am thankful for you, and I love you, and I am praying for you, and I'm praying for you, Sarah. Um, I love you. <laughs> I do. Um, have a couple other announcements. Remember, this basket is up here for Pastor Kevin. Um, if you've got cards, make sure to drop them off in here, and we will get those to him. We have no services this coming Wednesday night. Um, we'll be getting back to normal services coming up in January, and we'll let you know clearly when that's going to happen. Uh, but there are no Wednesday services here this Wednesday. Outside of that, don't get out of here thinking you're going to get out of here without giving an offering this morning. That's going to be a continuation of the worship service. As we leave here, we'll have men at each of the doors uh, there to receive your offering, so make sure that you give those. Um, and in light of what's, what's happened with our video stuff, 
Um, if you have a special offering, it is the end of the year uh, towards our audio video upgrades. Yeah, that'd be appreciated too. Um, and God will, God will bless you for it. So let's pray and then we'll go. Happy New Year. The next time we come together, it'll be a brand new year and a brand new start for this church. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do in 2022. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do in each one of your lives in this next year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you, Lord, for how you've moved here today. God, we thank you, Lord, for this incredible man you spent to serve with us for the past few years. God, we pray for Andrew as he leaves here. God, that you'll use him for your glory and your honor. God, we pray that many, many soldiers will come to know Christ through this man. God, we pray for his, his uh, incredible wife, Sarah, Lord, as uh, she's going to be separated from him. Lord, we just pray a peace, Lord, and um, a peace over her, Father, and a, a peace that he's going to be okay. God, we just love you for what you're doing in their lives, Father. We pray, Lord, as we leave here, God, that you'll keep us safe, Lord. You'll build a hedge of protection around each one of our homes, God, until we return here again. Lord, we pray you'll bring us safely together again next Sunday so that we can come together, as Pastor said, corporately worshiping you. Until then, God, lead us, guide us, and direct us. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.